to Proverbs, the third chapter, Proverbs 3. As you're turning there, let me add my welcome. So good to see everyone this morning. Good to have so many visitors with us this morning. We appreciate you coming our way and being a part of our worship to God on this first day of the week as we have been so commanded in the New Testament. So good to see those who we've been praying often for, for our sister Mary. It's always good to see her. She's not always able to be out with us. And our brother Bobby. So good to see you, brother. Um, what a nice surprise to see him come through those doors. It's been a long, long time. And I know that you're uh, as glad as we are to be here. And so wish you well, brother, and so good to see you. And continued improvement. Keep praying for our brother Bobby. So good to see him here. And it, 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 it speaks to uh, God answering our prayers. We pray for better health for these people in our lives, and their being here today proves that God answers prayers. So let's continue to pray for one another. If you're there, Proverbs 3, I want to read verses 1 through 12 with you. Begins, my son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and years of life, and peace they will add to you. Do not let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart, so you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. My son, do not reject the discipline of the Lord or loathe his reproof. For whom the Lord loves, he reproves, even as a father, the son in whom he delights. We've been talking this year, our theme this year has been the idea of that which is highest and best. And I have used verse 9 here from this passage to help us remember what we're talking about. Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce. God expects us to bring him our best. Has always been this way and shall always be this way. So this year we've been looking at lessons of how we go about putting that into application. We looked at lessons on uh, how we can better our worship, how we can apply this principle to our worship. Are we worshiping him the, the best and the highest that we might in our fellowship with one another? Are we practicing that fellowship? Are we celebrating that fellowship as we should? Those kind of lessons that we have looked at this year. The way I'd like to conclude our series of lessons this year is to use this passage here, this, these verses 1 through 12, to help us to see and to understand that when we do these kinds of things, when we honor the Lord, when we seek after him, there's a blessing. So what I'd like for us to do this morning is to look at the highest and best from a proverbial standpoint. And that is to use this proverb 
to help us understand even more the idea of giving God our best, to give him the first fruits, to give him the best of what we have, not giving him the leftovers or the remainders or that which we have not paid for or not sacrificed for, but rather give him our best. As is with the Proverbs, many times there's, there's pattern in the language. Here in these verses, there's a pattern. And as we, we'll see as we go through this, there's a behavior, if you do this, and then in the next verse, there's a result. This will happen. So as we go through these, we're going to use that to, to help us go through. If you do this, as uh, Solomon is writing here, and immediately to his son, but also, of course, to those who would follow after and read these Proverbs, he says, my son, if you do this, then this will happen. And so we're going to use that as the pattern for which we might look at these, at these uh, words of wisdom that we get from Solomon. We'll start in verse 3. Verses 1 and 2 is the, is the reminder of, as often does in these Proverbs, of who he's speaking to and why you should be hearing these things. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments for the length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. That's typical of a lot of the Proverbs that Solomon writes. Here's the reason why you need to listen to what I'm about to tell you. So in verses 3 and 4, he reminds us to be kind. He says, do not let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart so that you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and man. So here's the behavior. Always be kind. Always seek out the truth. And I love the fact that he says there that, in essence, you should make them a part of your life. He says there to bind them around your neck, to write them on the tablet of your heart. I love the imagery that's there. That the idea, of course, we can't touch our heart and write on our heart, but that there's the imagery there that's there. That it's important to, to have these things as a part of us, as a part of our life, as a part of our being. Always be kind. Always seek after the truth. Uh, set a marker there, and we're going to be skipping around as we, as we often do, but uh, let's go over to Galatians, the fifth chapter. So the idea here about making them a part of your life, Paul expresses it in Galatians as he's talking about uh, the, the, the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5, beginning verse 19, here's the negative side of things. He says, now the deeds of the flesh are evident which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, uh, enmity, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these of which I have forewarned you, just as I have forewarned you before, or sorry, just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So there's the list of negative things. But look what he says in verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have been crucified to flesh, which is passions and its desires. So there's the list of negative things. Don't do these things, but rather what? Do these things. Make these things a part of your life. 
The fruit of the Spirit is all these, these positive things, joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those are the things that we ought to, to put in practice in our lives. Make those things a part of our life. Bind those things around our neck. Write those things on our heart. Proverbs 23 and verse 23 says, To buy the truth and do not sell it. Also wisdom and instruction and understanding. So we're to always be kind. We're always to seek after the truth. I love that. Buy the truth and do not sell it. You know, the idea there of sacrifice, the idea of giving something for, for the truth. It's important to understand. It's important that the truth is, is valuable. It ought to cost us something. So what's the result of doing those things? Verse 4, it says, So you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and man. We'll have good standing among men and God. Think about how that will affect us. We talked this morning in our Bible class about how, we, how they would know that they were disciples of Jesus by the fact that they love one another. We'll do well to be in good standing with men by loving one another, practicing these things, making these things a part of our life, always dealing with people in a sense, with a sense of kindness, always trying to better ourselves by further knowing what God's will for us is. That comes through studying his word. We also need to, of course, put our trust in God. Verses 5 and 6 back in Proverbs 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. So what's the behavior here? The behavior here is to let him guide you. Put your trust in him. Psalm 119, verse 105. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. We know that verse, don't we? A lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. We need to let him guide us in the way that we ought to go. This is where man falls down so often, is where they start relying on their own wisdom, start relying on what they think God might be pleased with. God has told us what he will be pleased with. There's no need for us to uh, guess. He's told us what he will be pleased with. So let's rely on him. Let's let him guide us. In 1 John 3, verses 21 and 22, it says, Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do the things that are pleasing in his sight. A couple of years ago, I guess it was, our theme was confidently approaching the throne of grace. You know, God doesn't expect us to be timid in our faith. God expects us to be confident. Why? Because look at all the things that he has done for us. Look at what he has done throughout the ages, bringing about all the things he did with, with the patriarchs, through the Jews, with the law of Moses, through the Lord coming to, to the earth, living as a man and being put to death at the hands of men, dying for our salvation. Think of all that God has done for us. And what does he ask us to do? To keep his commandments and do the things that are pleasing in his sight. We need to let him guide us. There's no reason for us to rely on, on our own think-sos. We ought to, ha- ought to have our knowledge, our minds trained to understand what good and evil is 
and to put that into practice. And what's the result? Verse 6, in all ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Now, he's going to lead us down the right path. He's not going to um, uh, lead us astray. Psalm 119.105, your word is a lamp to my feet and light to my path. If we want to know which path we ought to follow, God's word tells us which, word, which path that is and how we ought to follow him. So that's the result if we do that. If we put our trust in him, if we let him guide us, he'll show us the right way to go. The opposite side of that is don't trust in yourself. This kind of goes uh, against the grain in the, in the world that we live in today. So much is about self. So much is about doing what I want to do. But we need to make sure that we're following after God and not trusting in ourselves. So the behavior is that we ought to respect God's determination of good and evil. In Proverbs, in two places it says this. 14 verse 12 and 16 verse 25. It says, there is a way that seems right to a man. But its end is the way of death. You see, we might think something is right. We might think it is good and, and honorable and well-pleasing to God. But if it's not, then it's not. God's told us. We need to respect what God has determined is good and what God has determined is pleasing to him. And also respect what God has decided and determined that is evil, the things we ought to stay away from. He makes that determination. We don't have to rely on our own selves. He makes that determination. Turn with me over to Psalm 9. <coughs> Psalm 9, we're going to read verses 7 through 10. It says, But the Lord abides forever. He has established his throne for judgment. And he will judge the world in righteousness. He will execute judgment for the peoples with equity. The Lord also will be a stronghold for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. And those who know thy name will put their trust in thee. For thou, O Lord, hast not forsaken those who seek thee. You know, God is, <laughs> is the ultimate righteous judge. He knows what is right and wrong. He has determined what is good and evil. So we can look to him, look to his word. He will tell us what it is. And we can be assured that he will judge us in equity. He will judge us fairly. Righteously, yes. Harshly, yes. If we have not done what he has told us to do. So what is the result? I love this idea. I love this in verse 8. Um, it will benefit you physically. Do not be wise in your own eyes, verse 7. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil, verse 8. It will be a healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. So often we think about the, the spiritual side of, of, of our faith, and as we should, it is a spiritual realm in which we live. We also live in a physical realm, don't we? We also are subject to uh, disease and, and hard times and old age. 
And when our, our bodies fail us, we're subject to that because we live in this physical world. But I love how Solomon expresses this about fear God and turn away from evil. It will be a healing to your body and a refreshment to your bones. Have you ever come to services not feeling all that well? And you leave here feeling better? You think that's coincidence? There is so much to be said about mind over matter, about how our mind can help us in the physical healing of our body. And I just love the fact that Solomon references that here. Think about how joyous a life a Christian leads. And it will be a healing to your body, a refreshment to your bones. It will benefit you physically if you're fearing God and respecting what he has said and determining to live your life according to his word and according to his will, it will be good for us physically. It's not going to make us immortal. It's not going to make us uh, be, uh, to, to, to skip over all those things that we suffer in this life. But it will help us in our, in our physical lives. I am convinced of that. Verses 9 and 10. This is what we've been focusing on this year, about giving our best to God. Verse 9, it says, Honor the Lord with your wealth and from the first of all your produce. We've been talking about this verse all year long. Giving him the best. What is the behavior here? The behavior is doing your highest and best for the Lord. We see such a great example of this in the old law. Exodus 23 and verse 19, You shall bring the choice first fruits of your soil into the house of the Lord your God. What did God expect of the children of Israel? He expected their best. We talk about sacrifices and those things that are, that are brought to, to God. They are to be without blemish. They are to be among the firstlings of their herds. They're not to be diseased and the ones that are, are, are ill. Those aren't to be sacrificed to God. What's to be sacrificed to God is the best that we have. Same is true for us today. God doesn't expect us to, to give him what's left over. He expects our best. We're going to talk about this a little bit more in our conclusion, but let's think about what the result is. The result is you will be blessed abundantly. Verse 10 says, Your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will overflow with new wine. Do we really believe that? We give our best to God. Do we believe that our barns are going to be overflowing, our, our vats filled with, with new wine? We'll talk about that a little bit more in our conclusion. Let's go on to verses 11 and 12. We need to accept his discipline. Verse 11, it says, My son, do not reject the discipline of the Lord or loathe his reproof. So what's the behavior in this <laughs> do what your dad tells you to do <laughs> do what the father tells you to do accept the discipline that comes from the Lord that's the behavior that we ought to have go over with me to Hebrews chapter 12 the Hebrew writer acknowledges this makes the point here further expands this Hebrews chapter 12 beginning in verse 4 says, you have not resisted to the point of shedding blood and you're striving against sin. And you have forgotten the exhortation which is addressed to you as sons. And so now he's going to reference this very proverb here. 
says, My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor faint when you are reproved by him. For those whom the Lord loves, he disciplines, and he scourges every son whom he receives. Listen to how the Hebrew writer goes on to expand upon this. Verse 7. It is for discipline that you, that you endure. God, if it, sorry, it is for discipline that you endure. God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? But if you are without discipline, of which you have become partakers, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Furthermore, we had earthly fathers to discipline us, and we respected them. Shall we not much rather be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time, as seemed best for them. But he disciplines us for our good, that we may share his holiness. All discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful, but sorrowful. Yet to those who have been trained by it, afterwards it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. We've all had discipline in our lives that come from our fathers and mothers. Do we like it? We're not just talking about corporal punishment here. We're talking about those things that are, that are asked of you as a child. To discipline you. To clean your room. To make your bed. To pick up after yourself. All those things. And then those are the small day-to-day things. And then the larger things. To focus on your studies. To be dedicated to the Lord. To be a good young man or a good young woman. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about discipline. As a child, you know, we all resisted that at some point, right? Maybe there's some rebellion in our lives. But the point here that was made in Proverbs and what the Hebrew writer here is saying, that the father does this because he loves you. He wants the best for you. He wants you to grow up to be a good servant of his. So the discipline that he gives is for that very purpose. Verse 10, for they disciplined us for a short time as seemed best best to them, but he disciplines us for our good that we may share his holiness. That's what God wants for us. That's why he disciplines us. That's why there's things in this word that call out our sin. And there's things in this word that tell us that we need to repent from those things, make a change in our life. And we are disciplined by it. So that we can partake in his holiness. So that we can be better children of his. The result is so wonderful. Back in our reading. Verse 12. For whom the Lord loves, he reproves, even as a father, the son in whom he delights. You will have the love and delight of God the Father. To me, that's... A blessing and a wonderful thing to think about. We know as uh, with our earthly fathers, a child wants to please his or her earthly father. It's built into us. And so when we think about it in, in the earthly sense, think about how much more it is in the spiritual sense. How much more it is that we will be blessed and, and appreciative and joyous because Our Heavenly Father loves us and delights in us. What a blessing that is. And all that is because we have accepted his discipline. Want to do what's right. I want to conclude with...
couple of verses here. As we wrap up this lesson and this series of lessons about doing our best for God, your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. I've made the, um, the um, statement here recently of, uh, more, than, more than in the past about being blessed by God. And how when God blesses you, you get out of the way and let him bless you. And he doesn't bless you a little bit. He blesses you abundantly. Overflowing with new wine. Your barns will be filled with plenty. If if we're practicing those things we just went through here in this little short list of, of what Solomon is reminding his own son of and uh, the, the things, these, these few things here to put into practice, if we are loving kindness and truth, if we are trusting in God, if we are not trusting in ourselves, if we're honoring the Lord, if we're accepting his discipline, the blessings will be overflowing. And we have to put our faith and our confidence in that. You know, it's not just that, that we just stumble through this life as a child of God. We can go confidently through this life. We can be faithful to him and, and, and have the confidence in our faith that he's going to bless us. Are we going to suffer physical pains and those things in this world? We will. But think of what we'll be blessed with spiritually if we are putting into practice these things and trusting in God and accepting his discipline. Luke 6 and verse 38 says, give and it will be given to you. They will pour out into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. For by your standard, it will be measured, a uh, standard of measure will be measured back to you in return. That idea there of pressed down, shaken together, running over, you know, when they would measure out uh, grain, they would put it in a, a standard of measure, and they would pour that in there and that's what you would pay for. There's all sorts of things that could be cheated in that, right? They could, maybe the, the size of what they're putting it in is a little smaller so that they kind of get the, the benefit of that. Less grain for the same amount of money. It's like the, the butcher putting his thumb on the scales. You know, anybody who's old enough to remember that, I can remember that kind of reference. But the idea here of, of, of taking that container and and pressing it down, taking the grain and pressing it down into that so that you fill up the, the container as much as possible, pack it in there, shake it, and then shake it, and then and pack it some more, and then so much that it's running over. And then that's what you pay for. That's the idea of God's blessings. Jesus says there in this, if by your standard of measure, it will be measured back to you. So if you're willing to give God less for his money, and using this analogy, if we have that container that's a little smaller, it's a little cheated here, it's not quite a omer, it's not quite a bushel, if we're willing to do that for God, then expect that back in return. But if we're willing to shake it down, press it in there, so that it's overflowing, and give that to God, that's what we'll be paid back with. And so as we conclude our thoughts and our 
um, lessons on this series this year, I hope we'll remember this lesson as a culmination. Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce. Give God our best. And in so doing, we'll be blessed. Overflowing, shaken together, pressed down. Think about that in our service to God. What are we doing day to day to serve God? Are we giving him our best? Are we packing the, uh, you know, our, our efforts to, to, to serve in the kingdom? Are we packing that into the, into the bushel basket? Getting the most out of every day? Because if we are, God says, our Lord says, it will be paid back to us that way. So let's make sure we're doing that. Let's make sure that we're giving God our best all the time. Because if we do, we'll be blessed, and blessed abundantly. We offer an invitation at the conclusion of our time, as we always do, about being a child of God. If you're not a child of God, I would encourage you to think about what it means to be a child of God, about hearing the good news of the blessings that are in Jesus Christ believing in those blessings and realizing that I need to make a change in my life. And upon hearing that and believing in that and repenting of the sins of your life and confessing of who Jesus Christ is, then you're a child, you're, you're a candidate for baptism to become a child of God. If you're not a child of God, I would encourage you to make the necessary changes in your life to do so. And we can help you with that. If as a child of God you're you're not giving him all your all. You're not filling up that bushel basket as much as you should. I would encourage you to make those changes as well. If you need the prayers of the congregation, whatever they might be, you can let them be known as we come together. Uh, as we stand and sing, come forward.